0: I want to just, uh, without further to do, I want to uh, introduce our speaker tonight, a friend of mine that I have known for some time now over the last year. Uh, He and I have developed a relationship. I got an invitation to go to North City, Illinois to the Rhodes Church. I just want to say something about the Rhodes Church in North City. If you're ever in Illinois, this is a must stop. There is an absolute move of God happening in, a, in an area similar to what Dawsonville is. It's, it kind of has the same type of feel when you walk and when you drive, I should say, to that area. It's not a large city. But in Norris City, Pastor Chad Everett and his wife Dawn and their leadership have built an incredible campus. They now have multiple campuses around the area where they preach the gospel. I am so honored to bring him to the pulpit tonight. I am so honored that his leaders, many of them are here. Would you guys stand if you are with the Rhodes Church, North City Pastor Chad, would you make these feel welcome? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There is a similar DNA between the Rhodes Church and Christ Fellowship Church in the North Georgia Revival. This is a match made in heaven. I believe he has a word for us he's going to share some testimonies of what god has done in the baptismal waters in north city at the rose church and i know this as he shares those testimonies faith will be high and you will come and experience the same miracle that he's going to talk about tonight i want you to stand to your feet and help me welcome pastor chad everett from the Rhodes church in Nora city illinois to this platform praise the lord
1: Hey, can we just give Jesus a bigger hand than that right now? Let's just thank for him. Come on, let's worship Jesus. Come on, set our focus on him. Jesus, we love you. Jesus. Come on, he's why we're here. He's the one. He's why we gathered here. It's for the king. It's King Jesus. Come on, don't stop short. We're glorifying Jesus. Hey, Jesus. 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 Jesus, we glorify you. Come, Holy Spirit. We yield to you, Jesus, that your name will be lifted high above all others. That at the name of Jesus, every demonic knee will bow. Every opposition to your kingdom today will confess that you are Lord. So Lord, I yield to you and ask you to hide me behind the cross. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Glory of God come. That we see your face. We look into your eyes, Lord the one and only, the Savior of the world. Jesus, I love you. I thank you for your presence. Thank you that you are faithful. Thank you that you are true. I yield the floor to you to do whatever you want to do. This is your your time. Come, Jesus. We need you. We desire you. We come with expectant hearts. We come believing, Lord. Your presence is all that matters. Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not take me from this moment, Lord. We wanna see the glory of God. We didn't come for a sermon, we didn't come for a speaker, we came for the glory of God. We came to seek the glory in the presence of the Father. Come Jesus, come Jesus. We give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise. We honor you, Jesus. We magnify you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, thank you, Lord Jesus, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen, you can be seated. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I mean, he's thankful for the presence of God and for the love of God. I mean, he's so good. I am, my name is Chad Everett, and again, what a privilege and honor it is to be here. I thank Pastor Todd and Karen for the privilege to be in the church, and Pastors Marty and Paula, great friends. They've been up to, uh, they've been up to, the, to the city, we call it. Just North City's 1,200 people, solid. <laughs> and uh, so we're thankful for the cornfields. That we're feeding the world from our region, but um, just it's again privilege. I want to thank uh, my wife and my children. I want to give the gratuitous picture of my family. We've got five children. My wife and I. There we are. This is right off the beach. So, pardon my paleness right now, but uh, we have four daughters and uh, one son, ages twenty-two to eight. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. That's just things happen things happen. But I'm just thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my children. Oh, he's good to me. I want to tell myself for just a moment, I was at a college visit with my third daughter uh, for a volleyball scholarship and we were there at the end of the meeting and, and uh, the coach turns to me and my wife and says, is there, is there anything any other questions you guys would have? And I, I was just had planned in my mind, I was just going to say, well, we are just humbled and honored that you would offer her a scholarship and want to say thank you. And, and I got, I'm humbled and honored, and my voice broke, and I began to cry right there in front of the coach, <laughs> broke down in tears. I turned, and I said, I apologize, I probably just ruined the visit for my daughter. But as when the presence of God touches my heart, I can't. He changed me, he touched me. He, I can't undo what he did to me. And so I just give him the glory and praise for it all. So I'm thankful for my family. Uh, well, I wanna say thank you to the Rhodes Church. Greetings from our family there in North City, Mount Carmel, Carlinville, three locations in Southern Illinois. So praise the Lord for them and what he's doing there. Got my former neighbors here from North Carolina saying what a blessing it was to have them. So I came on assignment. Enough of the pleasantries. You know, you're taught, I was taught in preaching that you come and you, here's what you're supposed to do in church growth formats and speaking. You're supposed to say, well, I'm just how honored I am over and over, and then you're supposed to tell a few, show a picture of the family, tell a few jokes. And, but I, I want you to know something's happened in my life, that uh, God has got a hold of us, and we are seeking the presence and the power of God in a way that we've abandoned the pursuit of people, for the pursuit of a person. (laughs) So so I I didn't come to audition. I didn't come to see whether you like me or not. I I didn't come for the approval of people. I come on assignment from my master because he asked me to come and share something with you. I didn't come to entertain. I didn't come to do anything for you. I came to equip you. I came to equip you tonight. So I'm I'm excited about what God's going to say to you and what he has for you. If you have your Bibles tonight, come on, let's... Open the Word of God and break it open to the book of Romans chapter 10. (laughs) That's our people, (laughs) Romans. We get excited when we open the Bible, so we give a little holler every time we open it up when we talk about the chapter. So Romans chapter 10, here's what I'm going to be talking about tonight. Here's what I felt like the assignment from the Lord was to talk about the power of the testimony, power of the testimony, and specifically, I'm going to talk about the power of speaking and hearing a testimony and with this thought, how we hear determines how we respond. That's good. How we hear determines how we respond. I'm going to show you what I believe the Lord is going to speak to us about that. Romans chapter 10, this whole chapter is amazing. I'm going to try and get right to it so we don't uh, waste any time. First one, it says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. I mean, he oh, knows the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So when Paul was writing to the Romans, when he was saying my heart's desire in prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved, that is also God's heart's desire for us, that we may be saved. Now I used to think the word saved, I was raised in conservative denominational church. I used to think that just man, God wants me to be born again and go to heaven. Then I began to study the word of God on my own and it's amazing what happens when you study the Word of God on your own and don't just sit there and listen to what other people tell you the Bible says. Sorry, I'm not going to try and be too aggressive, but there's things that happen to me when I begin to study the Bible. And I found out this word saved has changed my life. It's the Greek word soteria here in the noun form. It's the, the noun form of the verb form sozo. Maybe you've heard of that. And this word soteria here in the noun form just means a state or condition of being rescued in safety, in deliverance, in health, or in wholeness. So it doesn't just mean being saved, love sin, forgiveness of sins, and being born again. But it literally means I'm rescued from bondage. I'm delivered from addiction. I'm delivered from fear and depression. I'm made whole from sickness and disease. That's the Father's heart for me. It's a state or condition of this. So he's telling us this state or condition, it's important to remember it's not measured by the absence of difficulties and challenges. I'm not in a state or condition of being rescued, delivered, saved, and made whole and healed because I don't have problems. It's not measured by that. It's not measured by the absence of those things. It's measured by the presence of the rescuer, the deliverer, the savior, and the healer. Here's what I want to teach you a little bit. I want to equip you in this. We got to be careful that we don't treat God like a vending machine, that we come to him for what we get from him. I need healing, so I come to God to get healing. That's not the Bible that God wants us to absorb. He wants us to come after the healer, the person. Sozo or the state or condition is not a place where I get what I need from him. Why is that important? Because if it's, if it's like that, then if I'm in a position where I don't think I need anything, I won't come to him. But if I understand it's a state or a condition or built around a person, then regardless of my state or condition that I'm in, I will want to be with him. So being saved is not just that I get what I want, I get the person I need. Glory to God. So now look at your neighbor and say, God wants you saved. All right, I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump all the way to verse 12. I've argued all weekend. I wanted to preach 8, 9, and 10, but I believe the Lord says move on. We'll do that another time. Verse 12 For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek, for the same Lord over all is. Yeah, what's that word? Can you say that word in church? Is rich to how many? I love participation, so if I pause, that's because I'm wanting you to say something. So here's what he says. He said, "Well, there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. That should make all of us happy that God is not a respecter of persons. There's no distinction between you and your neighbor. There's no distinction in your nationality, whether you're from Switzerland or from Southern Illinois. The same God wants to touch you. Doesn't matter. No distinction. And he's Lord over all and he's rich to all. What does that mean? El Shaddai. There is more than enough for everybody. You don't have to be chintzy. You don't have to be jealous of what God's doing in somebody else's life because whatever he's doing in somebody else's life should be a testimony that he can do it in mine. Why is it, why is it, why is it in church that we have trouble celebrating other people's victory? Why do we have a trouble with that? Why do we struggle with that? I I believe, my own personal opinion, I believe we struggle with that because we don't have a right picture of God. If we have a right picture of the abundance of who God is, then we would be more than excited for what God is doing in other people's lives because we know he's more than enough. He will supply all my needs. He is my El Shaddai. I'm about to break out in a song. Let's move on. So he's rich to all, all who call upon him. All who do what? Who call upon him. All right, just checking. Verse 13, for whoever, who's that include? Who's your neighbor? Say that includes you. <laughs> whoever, whoever includes all of us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be shall we say Power of the testimony. Power of the testimony. You know in the Hebrew text, the root word for which we translate as testimony means to repeat, return, or to do again. Means to repeat, to return, or do it again. So that in the Hebrew culture, when someone gives a testimony, others get excited because he's wanting to do it again. Every time you hear a testimony, the Lord is prophesying to us that what he did for someone else, he's willing to do again. All he's saying to you and I is that this is my will. Exhibit A. So that's why we need to grab hold of testimonies instead of being bitter because it hadn't happened to us yet. (laughs) What what happens to me times, and we see this in a church all the time, that that people believe in God for something, believe in for a breakthrough or something, and then somebody who didn't even ask for it gets it. it it They weren't fasting for it. They weren't praying, they weren't seeking, they've been, and they've been believing God for this for all this time. And then all of a sudden these people who almost seem to stumble across it, yeah. they get it, Then oh, yeah. what happens? It's the testing moment for you and I. Yeah. Am I going to look at them and go, why them? Wow. What about, yeah. yeah, right? Don't we do that? What about me? Hey, but see, God is saying, look at them. Look at what I did, look at that. And then I want you to see yourself in the same light that what I did for them, I will do for you. So next time you see somebody that gets breakthrough in their life that you're desiring, you're wanting for, get more excited because God's gonna do it again. He's gonna do it again. move on. So whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Again, I used to think this was whoever calls on the Lord and prays a prayer of salvation will get saved. They'll get born again, the forgiveness of sin. Then I studied the Bible. And it's amazing what happens when we study the Bible. Canao students, you know what it's about. Come on. <laughs> calls on the, whoever calls on the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord there represents the character and the nature of God. It's not just saying, hey, Jesus. It's calling on the name of the Lord. It's giving us a directive on what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to call him. I'm supposed to call on his name. In the Hebrew culture, a name represented the essence of who they are, how they roll, just who I am. So when he calls himself by Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals, when you call on the name of Jehovah Rapha, I will be saved, or this is the word sozo, so rescued, delivered, saved, made whole, whatever his name is, whoever calls on that name, they will be rescued by that character or essence or nature. Come on, I'm, I'm trying to teach you something here. See, we got to realize that what do I need from God? I call on who he is, not just what he will give me. Too, too many times we're calling on Jehovah, bring me healing, instead of Jehovah Rapha, the healer. Here's what I mean. We're not calling on, we're not praying for God, to God unless I need something from Him. How I many is calling on Jehovah Rapha when you don't need healing? Well, I don't really need that. I don't really Or everything's going good. Everything's going wonderful in my life. I have no major problems, so why should I pray? Because religion has taught us this is what we do. When I get into a bind, I open up my Bible and I start fasting and praying. Because I need a breakthrough. And we're seeking the breakthrough instead of the master of the breakthrough. Jesus, Jesus. I don't want God just in crisis. I want him in every part of my life. So let's seek the name of the Lord, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord shall provide, the Jehovah Shalom, the Lord who is my peace, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is there, Elohim, Adonai, all of these, we're calling on the name of the Lord, we shall be saved. So I'm just going encourage you right now tonight, begin to put in your heart to call on the name of the Lord, oh, call on the name of the Lord, what, 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 then you begin to know who he is, what do you need? What do you need? Call on the name of who he is. Call on his essence, his character, and his nature. Don't just put think like, well, what do I do? I put the quarter in and I get something that comes out of the machine. That's not what it is. I call on him. I just need you, Jesus. I need you, my healer. I need you. I'm not here just for a healing. I need the healer. I'm not just here for deliverance. I need the deliverer. Huge difference huge difference we got to go after him the person and not just what he has to hand out to us mm. now let's, let's 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 go on oh. verse 14 how then because he says whoever calls on the name of the lord shall be saved shall be rescued delivered healed made whole how then shall they call on him in whom they have not Believed. How can they call if they haven't believed? And how shall they believe in him, notice the ends, (laughs) in him whom they have not heard? Now notice this word heard, an important Greek word. It means to hear about, but to pay attention to, to listen and to conform to what is heard. Not just, not just I heard something. But this is a hearing where I listen to, I pay attention to it, and I begin to conform to what I hear. That's going to come in handy in just a moment, so hold on to that nugget. See, Hearing in the kingdom, in the biblical hearing, is not just audibly hearing. It's hearing, digesting, and conforming to. That is biblical hearing. When Jesus said, he who has a hear, an ear to hear, let him hear, he wasn't just talking to people with paddles on the side of their head. He was saying, who is willing to pay attention to what I'm saying and conform to it? Let them hear what I'm saying. So now, where was I? So how can they call on him in whom they've not believed? How can they believe in him in whom they haven't heard? How should they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Notice a pattern. Saved is the ultimate end objective. Rescued, sozo, rescued, delivered, made whole, saved, healed, all of those things. That is the ultimate thing. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But notice the progression to get there. Someone has to be sent. It's in reverse order in verses 14 through 15, so let's flip it over, and now let's go the other way. Someone has to be sent. That's the Greek word that we call apostle. Someone has to be sent. After that, someone has to preach. Someone has to say something. Everybody, you look at yourself you say, I'm not a preacher. A preacher is just someone who declares something. All of you can declare something. All of you can say something. All of you can tell what God did for you. You don't need a pulpit to be a preacher. All you need is a message. When you have a message, you be a preacher. Come on. You don't need a pulpit. Preach something. Well, I don't have a sermon. You have a life. That's bigger than a sermon. I don't have to prepare a life. A sermon is something you got to work up and put an outline together. But when you have a life that's been touched by God, you speak from what's on the inside of you. Your life, your message will preach to people every single day if you'll open up your mouth. Jesus. Somebody's got to preach. Somebody preach. Mm. So after that, somebody's got to hear it. Somebody's got to be sent. Somebody's got to preach, somebody's got to say something, and then somebody's got to hear it. Not just hear it, but they got to pay attention to it, they got to conform to it. And then, after that, they've got to call. So notice here it is, there's five of them. Sent, preach, hear, believe, call. How many is that? I'm helping you out. Notice how many, how many fold ministry is there? this is about helping people encounter the person of Jesus to be saved rescued, delivered healed, made whole there has to be a sending, there has to be a preaching there has to be a hearing, there has to be a believing there has to be a calling John 3, 17 for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that through him it might be sozoed. God sent his son To preach, what did he come? Preaching and saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He came preaching. What happened? People began to hear that. People began to hear that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then they began to believe it. Then they began to experience it as they called upon him. Now let me me go on, verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our reports? Verse 17, I'm gonna leave that one lay where it is. Now let me say this, I wanna add this. He says, who has believed our report? Why, why does he say they've not obeyed all obeyed the gospel? Who has believed our report? They've not obeyed the gospel because they didn't like what it said. So they created another gospel that felt better to them, that met, met their intellectual needs, met their feeling needs. It, melt, it helped them stay comfortable. So he said, who has believed our report? The report of the Lord coming from Isaiah is a report that calls for a crucified life. <laughs> we, we're not, we're not going to listen to that. Let's come up with our own gospel because all of this dying well stuff sounds painful. So they didn't, didn't believe our report. But here's verse 17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I'm gonna land here for just a moment. Some of you may have heard this, this is the way I heard this quoted many times. Again, this is before I studied the Bible. People say that faith comes by hearing, and by hearing the Word of God. That's not what it says. It's important for us to read the Bible. Study the Bible. Study to show yourself approved. He says, so faith comes. The word comes is in italics. So the word is added for clarity. My humble opinion, I don't think it's needed if we translated the verse correctly in English. I'm not a theologian. I'm a kid from a little bitty town in southern Illinois. But I just love the Bible. says, so faith comes By, let's look at the first by. The first by there is the Greek word ex, or ek, and it means origin or where something proceeds from or out of. So faith, it's like, so faith, let's say comes out of there. So faith begins, originates, or comes out of. That's how we could translate it. Faith begins, originates, or comes out of Hearing. Where does faith begin, originate, or come out of? Hearing. Hearing. What does hearing mean? Hearing means to pay attention to, listen, and conform to what is heard. How do I have faith in in my life? Not because I just heard something, but I started paying attention to something. I listened to it. If you listen to something, that's more than happenstance. Hearing is something I stumble across and I move on, but when I listen... When my wife looks to me and says, listen to me. Pay attention to me. What does she say? I've got to block out everything else and focus on what she's saying. That is biblical hearing. Faith originates and begins and comes out of paying attention to, listening to, and conforming to. Let's go on, come on. So the faith begins by that, and hearing and paying attention to, listening to, and conforming to by the Word of God. Now here's where studying the Bible helped me, because in English it's the same word, but in the Greek it's a different word. Why do they use a different, a same English word for a different Greek word? I don't know. But this is the Greek word dia, D-I-A. This word means the channel of an act, or you could translate it through means by which something happens, how something happens. So think of conduit, through. So now let's put that together. Let's begin to translate it this way. So then faith originates or begins with me paying attention to and listening to and conforming to, and paying attention to, listening to, and conforming to through the word of God. Let me just do it in English, shorter. Here's how I translate this when I read it. So then faith begins with hearing and hearing or is finalized by hearing through the word of God. What do I mean by that? It doesn't mean that I'm not going to hear other things. It just means I choose what I hear through. I'm looking for some help. You're gonna get it, Revelation's coming. When the Holy Spirit teaches, he just lights a fire in our belly. It's not me. Just let the Holy Spirit teach because he brings revelation. It's rhema. When it comes alive on the inside of you, it turns into rhema. And here's what he's saying. Faith, if I want to produce faith that whenever I encounter Jesus in the water, that I need to have something greater than just hope. Faith is the substance of the things I'm hoping for. So how do I get to a place of faith? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. He says faith begins when you begin to hear and pay attention and listen to the word of God. That's where it begins. So we cannot have faith outside of a relationship with the word of God. It will never begin, it will never originate unless I begin to pay attention to and conform to what the Bible says. Well, I just want God to do something for me. Welcome to Western religion. I just want to jump through some hoops and God do for me what I need. I need it, therefore he must do it faith begins when I begin to conform to his word and do it his way. But that's not enough, it just begins there. He said, now it finalizes or it develops when I begin to hear through the word of God. What does that mean? Again, it doesn't mean I'm not going to hear other things, it just means when I begin to hear through the word of God, things change. The word begins to act like a filter. Now what everyone says you need to run it through the filter of the word of God. Whenever the enemy's talking to you, I'm going to hear other voices, but faith is going to stir when I begin to conform to what God says, and when the other voices contradict what God says, I pull up the mute button, and I'm saying, I'm sorry, I can't hear you because I'm hearing through the word. I can't hear a word you're saying. La, 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 la. All I hear is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. All I hear is that by my stripes you are healed. I can't hear anything else. I'm sorry. But the problem is when we pay attention to the other voices and we don't hear through the word of God, that's when faith doesn't develop because here's something we've got to know. Fear and faith are developed the exact same way. This formula works for both of them. Fear develops when I hear, pay attention to, listen to, and conform to the lies of the enemy and my circumstances. Fear begins to develop and is fully formed when I begin to hear through the lies of the enemy and my circumstances. Fear grows like that. It develops like that. Faith works like that also. That whenever I begin to conform to what the word says and not what the doctors tell me, I begin to conform to what God says and not what everybody else says. I'm not listening to what culture says. I'm not listening to what society says. I'm listening to what the Word says. Heaven forbid we live by the Bible. I mean, come on. It's the living Word of God. How many know even in the church it's gotten a little bit too cliche? Because this is, this is too conservative. This is too restrictive. This is too closed-minded. You closed-minded. I've been called some amazing things in the last couple years. Bigot, closed-minded, conservative. (laughs) So here's the question we got to ask ourselves. Are we hearing through pain, rejection, insecurity, failure, wrong perceptions? If I'm hearing through those things, that's what's going to develop in my heart. Faith begins when I begin to hear the word of God and conform to it. So now let's, let's see what it looks like. I'm gonna give you two illustrations of it and then I'm gonna give you some testimonies. What we hear through matters. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Are you grasping what God's saying to us tonight so far? What we hear through matters. Faith begins when I begin to hear the word of God and it develops when I begin to hear through the word of God. There's a difference in that. So look at First Samuel. This is a, a story that many may be familiar with, but I want to show you what it matters, how it matters what we hear through. Look in verse chapter 17, verse 11. It says, when Saul and all Israel heard these words. Remember, they're hearing. Saul and Israel heard the words. What words? Let me go back. Verse 10, sorry. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. So now when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were what? Dismayed and greatly afraid. Why? Because they began to hear through their uh, physical realm what they saw, what they experienced. They began to hear through fear, and it began to grow in their hearts. They heard some words. Heard some words. Now let's flip over. Go to the next page. Uh, Verse 23. 23. So here's Goliath again. And he says, Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. (laughs) What what kind of words? Same words. Same words. So he's saying the same words to David as he just said to Saul and all of Israel, right? Right? Same words. Were there different words? No, same words. Was it a different Goliath? No, it's the same Goliath. Same one. Look at verse 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by. Remember, David heard these words, the same words. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Don't get lost in a familiar story. How does faith come? It originates with hearing and hearing through the word of God, the covenant of God, the testament of God. So David hears the same words. Everyone else is afraid, dreadfully afraid. David hears the same words and says, uh, hey, you know, uh, what's up? What shall be done for the dude that uh, kills this guy? Why is he even asking that question? Why isn't he shaking? Why isn't he shivering? Why isn't he going, ah! He heard the words, but look what he said. The difference is what David heard through. He heard the same words, but he heard through something different. Come on, pick it up right here. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Drop the mic right there. Why, why, why David pulling this out? Was he, was he worried about that part of his body? That's not what he's talking about. David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy? The armies of the living God. I heard the same enemy voice as you did, but I said, I'm sorry, I'm listening through covenant. (laughs) And I can't tell, you don't have a covenant. And you don't have a covenant. I've got a covenant, so who are you? I'm sorry, Goliath, I can't hear what you're saying because I'm listening through covenant. He knew the promise of God. He knew the covenant. He knew the sign of Abraham was a covenant with the living God. So he said, who's this dude? You don't even have a covenant. And you talking smack. What's going to happen to the guy who kills him? I'm up. I'm up. This is what God is saying to you and to me. Because some of you are facing a Goliath right now. Facing a Goliath right now. Look what he does. Look at it. Go to verse 36. (laughs) Your servant, mm, your servant has killed both lion and bear. Testimony time. Testimony time. Sometimes you got to create your own testimony. Sometimes somebody else can't encourage you. You got to remember back what did he do for me in my past and begin to encourage myself. He's brought me through before. It wasn't a Goliath, but it was a lion and a bear. So I began to build myself up on my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, because I remember what he's done for me. David begins to testify to Saul. He says, hey, uh, I've killed a lion and a bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, I love how he keeps emphasizing that he's an uncircumcised Philistine. He's reminding the enemy that he does not have a promise with his God and he's encouraging him himself. This guy is not fighting me, he's fighting my God because my God has a covenant with me and you don't have a covenant. So I'm listening through my covenant ears and it's producing faith. Look what he says. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Why will he be like one of them? Because I'm a great fighter? Because I'm all that? Because I'm a UFC fighter and I know how to get people in a rear naked chokehold? No. He will be like one of them. Why? Because he's defied the armies of the living God. He's saying this battle's not even mine. I'm facing this Goliath, but I'm not on my own. There's somebody greater with me. He said, he said, the the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He will deliver me. He will deliver me. Last example, go to Mark chapter five. And we'll share a couple stories. I'm trying to. Trying to hurry. Mm, Jesus. Isn't his word good? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to begin to hear through the word of God whenever you're facing a situation, you need to find out what does the word say about my situation, and then you begin to pay attention to what the word says about your situation. You need to listen to what the word says about your situation more than you listen to other voices, and then you need to begin to hear through what the word says. When something oppo- opposing your situation that tells you your kids, they're not ever gonna come to God, they tell you, mom, dad, I don't wanna hear it, I'm never gonna come to church, I'm never gonna be saved, I'm sorry, son, but I can't hear you because all I hear me and my whole household shall be saved I'm sorry I can't hear you did you say something I'm sorry I didn't hear you but great shall be the peace of my children I can't hear a word you're saying devil sorry sorry calm down calm down calm down Mark chapter 5 oh I love Jesus I feel Mark chapter 5 look at verse 25 Familiar story, but I want to share something with you here. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Hmm. But when she, was she what? One more time, she, she heard about Jesus. What do you mean she heard about Jesus? Jesus was sent. Jesus preached, some people heard, some people believed, some people called, and they were saved, healed, delivered, rescued, set free. And those people who called and were saved, they began to tell others. Notice what it says. It says she heard about Jesus. It doesn't say she heard Jesus. She heard about him. She just heard stories of what Jesus was doing with others. she heard about what God was doing for other people, she had a choice to make. When she heard about what what Jesus was doing with other people, don't you know she had also heard what the physicians had just told her? Where they said, I'm sorry, ma'am, but there's nothing more that we can do. You're on your own. We've tried everything and you're done. She had heard that and then she began to hear what Jesus was doing in others, and that moment, she had to decide which one she was going to hear through. Because the one that you hear through is the one you will conform to. Oh, this makes all the difference in the world. It's just theory without action. Faith without works is dead. You can say, well, I believe Jesus is gonna touch me if I get in the water, but if you never get in the water, She had to believe that what Jesus was doing with others. So look what happened. She heard about Jesus. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Touched his garment. I mean, There's a whole lesson there about the tzitzit and the talit and Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. But we don't have time for that. But it's really good. She touched his garment. For she, oh, she said, she said, she said, if... Only, what, what, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? She, somebody, somebody was sent, somebody preached, she heard, and now she believed. You see the progression, what happened? She began to believe. What is She began to conform to what she heard, and now she believes it so much that she says out of her own mouth, if I can just but touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch the tzitzit, because she knew that the son of righteousness would arise with healing in his wings. She said, if I can just touch him, what happened? I shall be made well. Do you know what shall be made well is? In the Greek, sozo. She said, if I can just but touch this garment, I shall be rescued, delivered, healed, made whole. I just gotta touch the garment, I gotta touch the garment. Look at this He says, immediately, in verse 29, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing himself, that power, dunamis, miracle-working power, had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my my clothes? Who touched my clothes? The disciples said, "Uh, Jesus, I don't want to point out the obvious, but there's a multitude thronging you, and you are asking who touched me? Everybody's touching He said, not like that. I know everybody was brushing up against me, but somebody pulled on something. Somebody called on me. A lot of people were hoping they'd get some spillover, but somebody called on what they believed. There's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference in hoping that something will happen and calling on him. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be sozoed, shall be saved. So she touched the garment. Was there power in the garment? Try telling the woman that there was no power in the garment. People would say, what's the big deal about the garment? I mean, come on, it's cloth, it's fabric. All of us are touching his cloth. But she touched the garment. This impacted the community and the region so much so that in just the next chapter in Mark 6, verse 56, it says that wherever Jesus entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. For and as many as touched him were made Sozoed this woman touched the hem of his garment and started a garment healing ministry <laughs> Jesus didn 't start a garment healing ministry this woman started it because she pulled on something was her power in the garments Yes and no. She wasn't touching the garment. She was touching the one that the garment was on. And because she touched the one that the garment was on, she got the power of the one who is in the garment. When you come and you touch the water, is the water the source of power? No, not really. But yes. Why? Because tell the people that came with me that there's no power in the water. It's too late to tell them because God's already done a work in their life. Too late. Too late. So, is there power in the water? I mean, tell the people that've been healed that there's no power in the water. The water's not the source of the power. The the water. The garment was not the source of power. It was a point of contact. It was a point of contact. So much so a point of contact that other people heard. This woman did what? This woman, she just broke through the crowd. She was unclean, and she broke through the crowd and reached down and touched the hem of his garment. Why did she do that? We don't know. Well, I don't know if I agree with that theologically. I know, we don't either. But it happened. What's the big deal about touching a hem of a garment? That's just fabric. It doesn't make any sense. We know. Tell her. She just touched Well, if she touched it and it worked for her, I'm going to try it. That's what happened in Mark chapter 6. So this is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. i got to close with this. We're getting robbed because we're listening to the wrong voices. And God is saying to you and to I tonight, stop listening to the lies of the enemy and start listening through the word of God. Begin to change what we're listening through. Let me give you... The testimony of what God is doing not only encourages us, but it frightens the enemy. I want to give a couple quick testimonies. Um, some of you have heard, and Pastor Todd's talked so much about it, I don't even know why I would even want to mention it. But Tate from in our church, the young boy that was touched in the water that had issues with, uh, excuse me, that he was healed of. Um, why did I just went, yeah, autism. Sorry, my mind just went blank. blank. Tate's mom works at our church. She's part of our production team. So I see Tate in the office all the time. And the difference in Tate is incredibly measurable. Like I talk to him. I say, hey, Tate, how you doing? Fine. What you doing today? Oh, I don't know. He asks me. I ask what color your shirt you're wearing. He tells me. He interacts. Thank you. Please. None of that happened before. None of that happened before. Now, some people, as Pastor Todd mentioned, you guys got some pushback from it here. (laughs) We have too. Not everyone who got in the water with a child dealing with autism saw results. But here's the thing I want to encourage you with. Tina didn't put her son in the water to get healed of autism. She put him in the water to encounter Jesus. That's what she did. She said, I want him to encounter Jesus. She did not say, This is what I need Jesus to do for me. She just put him in the water and Jesus did that for him, for him. Now, maybe you may not like that, or you may think, well, what does that mean? Sometimes we get in an argument over what Jesus did for others instead of just embracing it and not feeling like we have to expect that in our own life, but we have to not limit God and the power and what he wants to do in any situation. And we get defensive and we get upset and we, we don't like how that happens, so I want to criticize it and condemn it. And like, wait a minute, why are we criticizing and condemning people getting touched by the power of God? Why is that? I don't know. We've had people, uh, Pastor Todd's been there three times, I think, Pastor Marty been there once. Uh, We've had people with cancer disappear on scans that literally disappeared. We've had so many people. I mean, I could go on and on. I don't have enough time for, for all the testimonies. We have had people filled with the Holy Spirit. We've had people delivered from demonic oppression. We've, we've seen this over and over. We've seen spiritual breakthrough. We've seen people that are oppressed and heavy come up out of the water and just released and free and joy. And certain people like certain testimonies. They want certain flashy types of testimonies. I'm telling you, the people that come up out of that water filled with the Holy Spirit, that is just as incredible of a testimony to me as the people with the scans that are clear of cancer. Here's what you're doing. We're not here to get in the water so that God will do something for me. I'm getting in the water because I want to encounter him. Let him set the boundaries because he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think may do more than what you're in the water for. Couple cadence. She went in the water to meet God about a gluten and dairy allergy. She said it was so calming and peaceful under the water, it was so nice while underwater, it looked like flashing lights then really bright when I came up. Later that night, I had a few things with gluten and dairy. I kept believing that it was just my body getting used to it. The next day, I had something I would have been allergic to for each meal and never got sick, and to this day, I still have it without getting sick. She has no issues with food allergies anymore. There are probably that I know of at least six or seven. I had a lady come up to me just last week, and I had given a word of knowledge about food allergies, and uh, I said, maybe it's gluten. I wasn't sure. And it's just how God kind of works with me. I like kind of just listen and maybe I said, possibly. And she said, ah, mine's a meat allergy, so I didn't come forward. So then the next week, a lady that got healed of a gluten allergy gave her testimony. And she said, wait a minute. If God can do that for her, if He can do it for gluten, He can do it for meat. There's no distinction. So then she came forward and she told me this. This has been like a few weeks ago. She said, I didn't know if you'd want to hear this or not. And she says, I just, I went up and got prayer and I've just been eating meat ever since. She had an EpiPen that if she ate meat, she had to stick that in herself. That's how allergic she was. And she said, I'm eating cheeseburgers now with no problem. I'm like, that's a big deal. I kind of like to know. Glory to God. Mandy got in the water on March 18th and Pastor Todd was there and he pulled out an envelope that had different things that a girl had given him that she had experienced and the first thing on that envelope was PTSD. You know the envelope that that I'm talking about. As soon as he spoke of that, the devil tried his best to shame me with guilt and get control of me for 21 years ago, I'd only been a nurse for a couple of years and the guy I was living with came home from work one day and fell over dead right in front of me of a massive, massive heart attack. I worked on him for 22 minutes before help got to me. He was already dead and I couldn't save him. I blamed myself for that for years. When I got in the water, I asked to leave all that in the past and to be free of that bondage. When I went under the water, it was like a split second of a flash that I felt something come off my chest. I literally felt God take that from me. I'm so thankful his grace is stronger than that guilt. I was diagnosed with PTSD in 2001 right after he died. I just accepted it, thought, well, I guess this is my life now, just full of worry and doubt and self-confidence issues all the time, but not anymore. I got out of that bondage, and I am healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Caden went into the water, was not sure if anything would really happen. Wasn't certain what would go take place, but he said, I've been dealing with anxiety, acid reflux and back pain for a long time. I wanted to be healed and I just let God do what he wanted. When I came out of the water, I felt like I had weight taken off of me and I just felt fresh, like a fresh beginning. I've eaten things that usually would trigger my acid reflux and I've not had any pain. I've also not had any back pain or anxiety. God is good. Thank you, Jesus, for Caden. Thank you, Jesus. We don't tend to get too excited if we don't think it's that special. Here's what I'm learning, what God wants to teach us. If we will celebrate any move of the hand of God and not be envious and not be jealous, not measure it, not say, well, that's nice for them. He probably didn't have that kind of acid reflux I've got. Mine's a lot worse. Instead of just saying, Jesus, if you can do it for him, you can do it for me. Put yourself in that position. I'm I'm gonna say this right now, I just feel the Lord want me to. There's gonna be people that you have food allergies, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is on it right now for you to be healed of food allergies. If you don't wanna be healed of it, that's up to you. But those who call on the name of the Lord, they're gonna be healed of food allergies tonight in Jesus' name. Last one, last one. Kelly. This is Kelly, was undergoing breast treatment for a mass that was 4.2 centimeters by 5.8 centimeters by 8.6 centimeters. After the initial findings, full disclosure, she had four chemo treatments before she got into the water and then recently had another MRI. This is Kelly right there. Here's the last findings that she got from her latest MRI. It says, significant interval decrease in the regional non-mass enhancement involving the outer left breast, which now shows minimal residual enhancement. The previously described discrete mass within the upper outer left breast is now indistinguishable from the non-mass enhancement and significantly less apparent. There is no new suspicious mass or non-mass enhancement in either breast. Glory to Jesus, glory to Jesus, glory to Jesus. Just if you would, go ahead and stand to your feet. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want you to just begin to pray because I want to tap into what the Holy Spirit wants to do before we get in the water. Come, Lord Jesus. Come on, just set yourself in agreement. Begin to hear the voice of the Lord. Pay attention to it, listen to it, and conform to it right now. Begin to conform. Faith is beginning in your heart because you've heard the word. Now I want you to listen to it, pay attention to it, and begin to conform to it. Conform to what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do right now. Some of you have been filled with fear and anxiety. Some on anti-anxiety medication, I declare in Jesus' name, that is broken by the power of the Holy Spirit. We break that lie and that bondage off of your life through the blood of Jesus. Come on, just just hear the word of the Lord and begin to conform to what God is saying to you. Don't wait on me to specifically call out something for you. Right now in this moment, begin to call on the name of the Lord. Not what you'll get from him. Don't call for that thing. Call on him, the essence of who he is, the person. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I don't need just my back better. I need Jesus. I'm not getting in the water just so my pain goes away because if I don't have pain, I won't go after Jesus. I'm coming in the water for Jesus. I'm coming to encounter him. Maybe you're watching online, you can't get to the water. Right now begin to put your hands on the part of your body that you are calling on the name of the Lord for. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we just release the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to begin to operate in fullness for your glory, Jesus. Just begin to receive the healers in the room. Someone on uh, an addiction to prescription drugs, someone with an addiction to prescription drugs, Jesus is coming to set you free. He's coming to set you free. I hear the rattling of chains right before they burst, that that bondage and addiction is going to come into contact with the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Someone with an ACL injury on the left knee, someone with an ACL le- injury on your left knee, I think the Holy Spirit is moving there he's wanting to do something in your knee in the name of jesus lord i just bless what you're doing and i say heal him and right now god yeah lord be healed in the name of jesus thank you lord 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 i thank you for those that want to call on the name of the lord for autistic issues i just release the anointing of the holy spirit that they will encounter you jesus that they will meet you in the water they will meet you in your presence right now lord Someone had a, a right hand injury, some an injury on the right hand, if that's you, I want you to just begin to move that hand. The Holy Spirit's moving, he's wanting to touch and heal that hand in the name of Jesus. This was some type of injury from an accident. I don't know if it was a motorbike, motorcycle, bicycle, I'm not sure of the clarity on that, but it's something you were riding and your, your right hand was injured through that and the Holy Spirit's wanting to heal that. Come Jesus, come Jesus, we give you praise. I heard the last straw the last straw and I believe this is dealing with a marriage that you've said something that happened this was the last straw and the Lord says be careful I'm not done he said I'm not done I know it was your last straw but it's not mine the Lord says I'm not done if you will stay with me follow me Conform to what I say. Begin to hear through the word. Hmm. Just like that, a left ear, somebody dealing with the left ear issues, felt like the Lord just popped a left eardrum. drum. Lord, I just pray for healing of that. Just go, Jesus, do what only you can do. We bless what you're doing. Be healed in the name of Jesus. If you came to touch the water tonight, know that you did not come just to touch water itself, you came to touch Jesus in the water. Just like the woman touched the garment, the fabric itself had touched a lot of people. But she got in the water having believed, or touched the garment rather, having believed what she heard and she called. Do you believe what you've heard tonight? And are you gonna call on the name of the Lord when you get in the water and say, Jesus, nothing is too difficult for you? Are you gonna release your faith right now that what someone else saw disappear on their scans, you can see disappear on yours? Are you gonna release your faith of what God is doing with other allergies, other issues, other PTSD issues, other mental issues, someone dealing, uh, uh, the. Called it a chemical imbalance in your mind, in your brain, in the name of Jesus. Lord's wanting to regulate that back to normal by the power of the Holy Spirit. Someone dealing with a collarbone issue, I believe it's on the right side, but a collarbone issue. I feel like the Holy Spirit's wanting to heal that. And I don't know where he's going to heal it. Maybe right now, maybe when you get in the water, that's none of my business. I just know this is what God is saying. I'm going to heal a collarbone. Maybe somebody watching online. Again, just put your hand there. So I want us to make this commitment tonight as we get ready to receive and get in the water that we say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to begin to hear through the Word. I'm going to begin to hear through what you're saying to me. I'm going to block out the lies. I'm going to hit the mute button on the discouragement. I'm going to hit the mute button on the lies of insecurity, of all the fears of what might happen, what could happen. I'm going to hit the mute button, and I'm going to hear through the covenant. That whatever Goliath you're facing, I hear through the covenant. Who is this uncircumcised issue that I'm dealing with in my life? I hear the covenant of God. My God is greater. My God is greater. So Lord Jesus, have your way tonight. We yield to you. That these waters be stirred with the power of the Holy Spirit. That people come not to encounter people, but they come to encounter you. That when you get into the water, Lord Jesus, I pray that their expectation will be to see and encounter you in a way that they've never encountered you before. Limitless possibilities in the water tonight, Lord Jesus. All for the glory of Jesus. We lift it up to you and honor you with it, Lord Jesus. Pastor Todd, thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus.